first time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Uh, and it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike. Boomer shooter. <laughs> Bang. Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWEP In The Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the drowned god Cathala lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town. Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherlode. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. Alright, this week on the show we've got Messiah and Nico of the U.S. Quake World Discord community. They are an awesome organization who uh, strictly focuses on Quake World, which is, you know, multiplayer for Quake 1. If you're not familiar with it, definitely go check them out. It is a absolute gem and just a landmark game in everything. Like, all arena shooters come from Quake World. So if you claim to be an arena shooter fan and you haven't played Quake World, uh, I don't know what you're doing. But anyway, uh, this is a fun time. Uh, we've had Messiah on the show before very early on, and it was amazing to catch up with him and also to uh, kind of get to know Nico a little better, too. They are here to promote their upcoming event, but I'll let them pitch it on you uh, before we get into it. If you are listening to this when it comes out, you have a few days more. I think it's, what, Tuesday? So you have till Friday is when the Pitching Classic annual FPS charity event starts all the details are on our website, inthekeep.com. Go check it out. Music this week is by none other than the incredible Immorpher creator of amazing dark ambient music, specifically for Doom and Quake mods and things like that. So enjoy the darkness for a few, and then as soon as it's over, you will be in the keep with Nico and Messiah. Messiah uh, from the U.S. Quake World community, and we're we're just here today to promote like an upcoming tournament that we're like a draft tournament that we're going to be having. Um, but you know, my community overall, you know, just does uh, daily events for Quake World uh, stuff like FFA, two on two, four on four, uh, newer stuff we've been doing like Clan Arena, uh, CTF nights, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm Nico, uh, I'm a player in the U.S. Quake World community, and I'm going to be, uh, adminning a four on four draft league coming up here, uh, pretty soon. So what's changed Messiah since the last time we spoke? Cause it's been, uh, you were, God, that was 50 episodes ago or something like that. Yeah. It's been a long time. And 
I, I mean, a lot of has changed just in general at the time you were not, you know, doing, I don't even know how to word it. You've, you've expanded your horizons since then. Like this has gone a long way from where we originally started out. So this is a strictly quake world now, if I understand correctly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And I don't know, like it, it's wild. I haven't been able to like keep in touch because everybody that, you know, originally was keeping track of, like we've all gone our separate directions and like done so many awesome things that it's really hard for me to know, like who's doing what and what's going on. So like what's going on. Yeah. Um, I think when we spoke the first time I just had servers in New York Mm -hmm. and uh, at this point I've got them in San Francisco, Chicago, Dallas, uh, Toronto, and then the originals in New York. Um, and then back then I was really only doing like maybe like an FFA event and then possibly like a two on two or some other type of game mode. But, um, yeah, we're up to daily events now. So we do all seven days of the week, um, different game modes each day. And, you know, I've just tried different stuff out. The community's grown and gotten bigger and a lot of players have kind of come back that were inactive before. So there's been just a big talent boom in like the last year or so. And because of that, stuff like 4 and 4, for instance, has become really popular. Like when we do 4 and 4 nights, you know, a lot of talented guys, a lot of kind of, you know, more recognizable named guys in there, um, which attracts more and more people. And those become the kind of bigger event nights. And that's kind of what's, um, you know, sparking me to really want to, back up a tournament admin to to run a tournament for four on four how do you guys handle seven nights a week having games going is like are you guys working in shifts or are you there every single night like how do you have a personal life and play quake seven nights a week that isn't bizarre i don't play seven nights a week yeah i just have i have other moderator people that are in the discord as moderators but when they host you know a night or two a week um, they have like an admin code for the server if there's ever an issue or whatever. And so they just, people pick their game modes they want to play and they, they pick their time, which actually worked out that we all just scheduled for the same time um, for every day of the week. But yeah, that's how we do it. Just different people rotate different days, basically. Right on. So that ultimately brings us to where we're at now. So we're organizing a, a four-on-four draft league, as you know, Um no offense, my least favorite of all things to do in Quake is Quake World 4 on 4. It's just too much for my little stupid brain to handle. So where did this come from and what are your plans for it ultimately? So no, I just noticed that, you know, we're getting the two 4 on 4 events a week, uh, usually full all night, plenty of spectators, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I actually uh, played a tournament, a 4-on-4 draft tournament in Europe called Get Quad, and uh, they're actually taking a break this season. I guess one of the admins is on vacation, and uh, I was really bummed out about uh, not getting to play the next season, and I figured if we have all these players in NA, you know, filling these servers two nights a week, plenty of specs, I'm sure we can just get our own draft tournament going on our own servers, don't have to play in Europe. Okay, so you're, like, filling the void. You're, well, it's it goes both ways. Like, not only are you filling the void, but you're also, like, kind of taking the opportunity for the NA players to, you know, actually have something to do for once instead of having to play over there. So I'll, I'm imagining 
Are you going to have the European players all like open, welcome to join? Yeah, in yeah of course. You know, okay. yeah, of course. Yeah, it'd be uh, you know similar to get quad how NA players play on the EU servers, just have the EU you know players play on the NA servers. Yeah, we actually have um, probably like between six or so, um, maybe like six and eight overall, like active Australian players too, and like. Mm-hmm. You know, four of them uh, have regularly been coming to our events, so it's been really cool. So, you know, if if they play in LA, they can they can get a decent ish ping. You know, good enough like we could get to Europe. So, um, yeah, that's been cool too. So, yeah, I mean, it would be definitely open worldwide, just with a focus on NA. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it's good synergy there for you guys to be able to like balance. You know, you're you're picking up where you know the Europeans are currently not doing it, but that's got so many different good repercussions, you know, in the long run for you, because that brings a lot of community that otherwise wouldn't have been playing with you guys into the fold. And I'm assuming they're going to be you know joining the Discord to participate in the events and just overall good branding. So hell yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys. That you know aren't going to be playing in in Git Quad or or those tournaments as well, just because they don't want to play at a hundred or a hundred and twenty or a hundred and fifty ping. So mm-hmm. this gives them the opportunity as well to to do something more local. And I don't think they've done like a four and four draft or a four and four tournament in an A. And like, I mean, I looked into it and asked a couple people, and it's been at least like six to eight years. So this would be this would be pretty monumental if we can if we can pull it off. So are you drafting players based on like skill level? So I mean, uh, you don't want two Loctars and two BPSs or. Right. So I think the idea would be that, you know, as tournament admins, we'll seed the players by skills first, just on our, our own judgment from what we've seen, what we played with them. And then the best players will then be the captains. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have them draft players based on, you know, their perception of the player's skill. And uh, ideally, we'd it'd be trying to stream the draft process, you know, have all the captains on Discord and have the list of players, you know. Right. And even then, so how how long is this projected to last? Uh, the tournament? Uh, I would, I'd say it depend on the amount of teams. But uh, usually, I'd say a tournament like this takes, what, two to three months. You start off with a double round robin group stage and then have the top, you know, mm-hmm. four or whatever teams then do a, a double elimination bracket. Uh, I'd imagine uh, level of commitment from players. I'd, I'd really only expect you to play like, you know, one match a week. You know, you get your opponent, you schedule your match for the week, you play it and walkovers. If anyone you know had scheduling problems, can show up the assign the next week and just keep going like that, you know? Yeah. And is each team going to have like a like subs, like an, a set? person who's like their alternate or um we've considered that uh in get quad open we uh we did that we had the the five player teams in case someone couldn't make it uh mm. in our experience though it was usually all five people showing up to every game which then usually had people like swapping out on maps which isn't as fun but uh i'd be open to the idea of having like a like a sub pool for people who know they can't commit weekly to games but would be available to sub uh for someone that couldn't i think that could be a pretty good idea Man, I tried to play this season too, but I was on a team and I was the last one picked. And, you know, in that position where I'm the fifth person, that's what happened. All four people showed up every game and I had a really high ping. So obviously it was advantageous for me to be the one who, who would sit. So I think the, the pool would probably be a better idea overall. And is there 
a prize at the end of this or is it just like strictly for fun? Bragging rights. Okay. I think it's, it's definitely a cool idea too, because in my experience playing on an actual team, um, you know, where you practice and you kind of go over the maps that you're, who's strong at what and, and, and where are you weak at and kind of look at those things. It's really a different experience than our four and four events that are weekly, just because that's always a pickup. And even if you elect captains and the two best players pick teams, it's still always going to be a pickup where the communication isn't going to be as good as it would be, you know, when you're on an actual drafted team. And that, that is an experience we're trying to really bring to, uh, bring to NA. This is all good timing and just overall good, I think, for the community in general. Like We didn't get a QH land this year. Hopefully we can pick it up next year. We had so many hopes and then just, you know, COVID fucked everything up. But I, I mean, I'm excited to see how that works out overall. But then my next question is, like, who's in, in North America? Who's team captain material? Oh, uh, like, I mean, blood the top dog, of my head. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Bogo Bogo Joker. I'm sorry, excuse me. Bogo Joker, uh, Dusty uh, Vegeta said he'd be down to captain. Uh, off the top okay. of my head, those are some pretty good players. Mm-hmm. So what was that? Like four players uh, below that, maybe like uh, Serp. Serp's pretty good, right? Seen him yeah. right a couple games. What's nice there is with with those selection of players um, being a captain. I mean, it's really helpful, like being on VC and being a lower skilled player, even if you're like totally new to four and four, um, you know, you've only done the practice stuff. I think it's really, they can be very kind of decisive, like, you know, kind of stay here, collect this, kind of go and do this and this and this. And that's actually leading to you getting frags and you're kind of watching yourself kind of get better just playing with them and, and having that direction. So it's kind of cool to like, be in that team element and then really have sort of the leader of the team kind of showing you the ropes, you know? And do you have like a, a production team set up for this? Like are, are you going to be streaming every match or trying to at least document it all? No dedicated production as of yet, I guess. Uh, I guess, you know, the, the position's open. Uh, I'm definitely going to try and stream as many games as I can, but mm. no guarantee that I could be there for all of them. Well, that is a good idea to maybe just uh, cast it after the fact, download the MVD and uh, just you know get it out on YouTube. Definitely. I mean, anything you can't, as far as I'm concerned, if it wasn't recorded, it didn't happen. And that's not to say like for me, obviously I respect what you do and stuff, but like if it's not available for people to find after the fact, then they're like, you're not going to attract more people that otherwise weren't already involved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Like I, Cause, cause Quake World is still, e- even here, here we are like a, over a year later from when Messiah and I had originally had this whole like, we must bring Quake World into the limelight. And a lot of great work has been done since then, but it's like, we're still not where we want to be, obviously. So if you continue to do it, I'd say like, make sure that you get as many videos out there as possible, popularize the shit out of it. And then like, I don't know. Like you can't have like flat textures in the videos either. Like make it look as beautiful and attractive as possible because I mean, we got to, we got to suck in those non current audience members somehow. The the target demographic is not actually the target demographic. It's the people who don't already love the game. 
No, I totally see what you're saying there. Yeah. I, and I think the timing has just become right now to to actually have a draft tournament like this, where we where we feel like we do actually have enough of a player base to get it done. And I think once you, like you're saying, once you're having a tournament like that, again, through the streams and YouTube videos and stuff in the documentation process, I think that's definitely a, a, a good way to, to promote those videos and that, mm-hmm. those streams and that stuff. Yeah. So I think it all just kind of coalesces together. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can't guarantee my own participation as far as like, I, I don't know that I could commit to broadcasting every one of these things or anything like that but if you send me like you guys have your own youtube channel right like the u.s yeah. world yeah so like put it all on there make a, a nice playlist of it put it in order like I, I'll, I'll try to write an article you know anything that i can do to kind of promote what's going on because you know i i'm not going to sit here and pretend like i'm even remotely close to being on your level in terms of the love for the game but you know you'll always have my undying respect for quake world no yeah i really appreciate that yeah it's just man it's wild like this is going to be really cool it's going to bring in a lot of attention i'm actually quite excited it's you know it's weird like how we've had kind of with with doom over here in the corner i don't mean to like make you mad at me or whatever but like doom has been doing really great this year because of like the take the crown stuff so i think that definitely like a, a higher production value and then putting that you know having money or some kind of prize at the top of it it just does it works magic that's that's what people get fucking excited for so i hope that you can replicate that and do the same thing here yeah yeah i've just never really felt like ever putting putting a lot of effort into a tournament that wouldn't work and i just feel like right now is definitely the time that it's going to you know what i mean and so that yeah that's kind of where yeah all the effort is kind of going into that idea so what else are we excited about in general? Like we have, we have this awesome draft cup going on. You have like every single day, weekly events. Uh, but what, what else has changed or advanced in the world of quake world? Uh, there's about to be a two on two tournament going on in Europe called hammer time. Pretty exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of custom maps in that one. We've got bravado and shifter. Very exciting. It's weird that like bravado and shifter are still considered like new maps, even though they've been around <laughs> for years. But I, it is like it's such a slow moving process. But well, the last time we had our tournament, like that was like we had I think bravado and shifter were both in there, and, and people were like, "Oh, this is so refreshing! I've never seen these maps before." I'm like, "They've been around forever. Come on, <laughs> they're great maps. Actually, arguably better than some of the original maps." Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, since the last time we've talked, there's been a lot of work on the renderer done. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the new standard is, you know, is 3.2.1 when you install just Enquake. And um, that has GLSL rendering in it as well within the standard renderer. And then 3.6 is in a really stable place um, where it's pure GLSL renderer. And yeah, I mean, frame rates have just been, you know, going up and up and up for me. So yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the new renderer stuff. So Enquake in- is still the the place to go for people who just who want to get in there and join up because i've messed around with a whole lot of different options and i can't find anything that you know between easy quake and Enquake that fits the needs as well as i need them to even like for i played in a netquake like a 2v2 clan arena tournament and that fucking sucked i hated that <laughs> absolutely yeah well i mean yes because um there was just an update 
I think Blood Dog personally did it, but yeah, he just updated all the repos. So that absolutely, you know, if you're installing it, um, you're going to be grabbing at least 3.2.1 mm-hmm. um, as the default. So yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a great package to just, you know, grab and play. Easier than ever, I'd say. Yeah. But do you like, what else is out there? Or do you have other opinions? Because there's always, at least in my experience, there's always like, the, the quick answer of like, yeah, this is the easy thing. Just go ahead and grab that. And then there's like a, but what do you use? And then uh, you get like a 10 million other answers. Like, I think Enquake might honestly just be the easiest and the best thing. I, I don't think you can really beat EasyQuake. Uh, Enquake comes with EasyQuake 3.2. Uh, I think 3.6 is a little better. You got, you know, some more features and stuff, but 3.2 mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah. I mean, I just use raw EasyQuake. I don't use uh, the Enquake PK3 or any of that stuff. Um, I like to hear Messiah. Thank so, you. <laughs> I mean, like if you want to go that route, it's, it's just as easy. I mean, you can grab uh easy quake right from our spawn link and then just throw that in a folder with it one and boom, connect to a server and you're good to go. So, I mean, and essentially that's pretty much as, as raw as you can get as kind of close to like GL quake world as you can get. So Nico, what is it about quake world that, you know, inspires you so that you would want to torture yourself by putting on a dragon. <laughs> it's just like, so fun. I don't know. I've played so many other, you know, arena shooter games or whatever, and uh, none of them really hold a candle to Quake World. It feels like it's so fast. The weapons are so absurdly powerful. The maps are so crazy and weird. Like, and the team play required in 4 and 4, it's great. You know, communicating in voice, controlling the armors, running the map. It feels really good to get, you know, a good map lock against an opponent that you know is good. If if I were to design my 100% perfect arena FPS for me, it would be essentially exactly like Quake World, except I would do away with all of the weapons that weren't grenades, rocket launcher, and lightning gun. I'd have them all the same, just those three weapons. And then I would, the one other change I would make is I would have auto hop because man, my old thumb just can't handle it. Yeah, I think the jump buffering is kind of stupid. I think auto hop doesn't really like take away, you know, from the skill required or anything. Yeah. You got to put it on right click, man. You got to be. Yeah, true. Fuck all that noise, dude. You got to put it on right click. (laughs) That's my, that's my LG button. See, I can't, can't get rid of it. Right. Well, that's the trick. That's the trick. You got to put it on right click so that you're not wearing out your, your other hand that you're pushing all your other directions with. Mm. Oh. On, def- just, on default rule set, could you have auto hop with the script, with the movement script, maybe? I'm sure you could implement it somehow, but then you'd have to convince everyone who's going to put on any kind of competitive event that like this is it should be allowed, and then there'll be a big fucking argument about that, it. That's been a big fucking argument recently, believe it or not. There's been a couple threads on the Quake World forums as of the past couple of weeks. Uh, one discussing the removal of rule sets entirely. I can't remember what the other one was, but it was something in a similar vein. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if it's worth... To me, anyway, I don't know if it's worth having the argument with people who are so ingrained in their way of thinking. I would rather just take my ball and fucking, all right, let's design the perfect game exactly how I want it to be played. But then, you know, then it would be like such a hassle to get it to take off. It would probably never happen anyway. It's just, it's a pipe dream. But that's my, if I could change one thing, like that would be it. Like give me auto hop in Quake World and then I would be way more inclined. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely pull it off with a script. But then you'd yeah. have scripts enabled, so there you go. But I mean, it doesn't matter unless you're playing a tournament. So, but yeah, you could do it. Like definitely in the pickups, you know, I've never seen anyone mind someone having, you know, default rule set. We play with team overlay on; it's very different from the uh, other regions. 
just make it a, a setting in the in like I want to open up options to auto hop on done and then never have to worry about it again. I would personally totally be done with that. I it's just a you know we've always we're always going to have to like mull around the same discussion you know as we always do when we talk Messiah. It's like we always struggle to get new players and it's like the failure to modernize will always be that like it we've got to have it be as easy as possible like the the intro to playing quake world we can't make the game easy obviously it's got to be the hardest fastest arena shooter ever made as it always has been with i think warfork being the only one that i'd say is faster than quake world <laughs> or warsaw either way whatever you want to call it cocaine diesel there's a you know q fusion that that extra jump button, man. Like people do crazy <laughs> stuff. Like uh, you watch a, a clan arena tournament, or like just people playing clan arena, they fly around. Like because yeah. you know, obviously, you have that push off button, so you can just yeah, it's pretty cool. But I feel like it's such a it's a hard discussion to have. Like there should be just a totally one hundred percent overhaul, modernize the game. But then if we did that, then there'd be a bunch of people who are like, "Fuck that! I'm not moving on." I'm sticking with the old. It's exactly what happened with Warsaw, right? Like, you know, you try to do something new and fresh and modernize it and make it easy for everyone to play. And then there's a whole group of people that are just like, we're not doing that. Well, I don't know. Do you want more people or do you want to just play with the same old group for until they all get old and die? Yeah, the goal's always more players. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I just, I feel like. Um, you know, this tournament as well is another step in the right direction for that. Like, even as you said, like, you're not, not your favorite game mode. Like, you're not interested in playing for for, you know, yourself personally. But I feel like, you know, you've had bad experiences and those bad experiences have come from pickups and it's because the skill was just not balanced. Um, you know what I mean? And it's like, if your yeah. first experiences have been like team play where like you're actually on a team and you actually are balancing your skills sort of in, even in your positioning or, or what's going on, you know, based on that, I, I feel like it just could really help people enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's just because I've had a bad experience. It's more like a, how much time do I want to put into being good at something? And like Quake World 4v4 is like the mother of all difficult team play games i've seen you know it's maybe capture the flag but even capture the flag is fairly like straightforward in how it works like you guys have this game that was with maps that are not really meant to be doing what you're trying to do with it right so what you end up with is a lot of like who's the best player and then everybody just cycle the weapons and the power-ups towards that person and then the Maybe. weapon respawn rate is so slow in Quake World that it, you know, it's just not Quake 3. It's not like what people are used to in terms of like how this is supposed to work for them. That's so, true. Yeah. Quake World 4 and 4 is a very unique game mode to arena FPS in general, right? And uh, yeah, you're right about that. But I mean, the overall goal is to kind of stack your whole team and to mm-hmm. kind of control the whole map, you know, and even if you can't get map lock, you still are going to want to stack two or three players, you know, so. Yeah, I can see I can see when you first get into Four and Four, that is how it seems. Like, yeah, let's just give the good player all the stuff. But once they get stuff, they gotta help you get stuff. And that's that's literally their goal. You know, like if they've got a rocket, they're at red armor and you're at red armor and they take it, they should literally sit there for that amount of time for it to spawn mm-hmm. again for you to take it. You know what I mean? Because that is beneficial to stack the whole team. But so, then where where are the know. examples of this? You know, because what we have, like the top level of competition. Right. We have QH LAN and we have draft tournaments that mm. are 
Blood Dog and Milton, you know, basically doing exactly what I just described. So I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. Like, I think you're a hundred percent right. It's just that how do we get that message across to more people? So hopefully you can do that with this tournament. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you are, I guess you do see it too at a higher level, but I think if you, if you look closely, like there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of waiting and, and sort of guarding stuff to let, you know, your teammate grab it or whatever. It happens. It's out there. I mean, to be a dominant team, you definitely need at least, at least two players stacked, you know, at any given time. Once you're, once you're down to one weapon, it, it gets pretty hairy. And then, when you're actually like hosting this tournament, right? So let's assume you're going to have, you know, uh, blood dog and Vegeta at, at the, their, their team captains. Right. And then you have a disparity between the two team captains. So are you going to try to like stack it so that, you know, if you have one really strong team captain, the other team gets like two medium strength players to kind of try to balance that out. Or- right. Uh, I'd assume the, the strongest captain by, you know, whatever admin vote would get the last pick. Mm-hmm. So that the weaker captains uh, can get stronger players. Okay, that's a good plan. I like that. It's hard to split hairs, too. I mean, to be honest, I mean, some of these guys are the skill level is so close. It's it's pretty pretty hard to say. Like, well, you're significantly better, so you got to be put into the back of the line there. Like, I'm not so. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Blood Dog, Bogo Joker. That who knows, you know, on, on one day, one's better and one day, the, the next is better. So. On one map, the one's better, even, you know? Yeah, you, so it's hard to... A, like an ELO ranking system of any kind going on, or... We, we do, do not. not. That would be so beneficial. Like, we're still working on getting a War Mama to work in, in War Fork, and when that happens, then we can hopefully... Just something, like, as simple as a King of the Hill, you know? Like, I want people to have a good time, and in order to do that, I have to, like, have them in ascending skill order. Like uh, last year at the Pigeon Classic, we had we ran into that problem quickly. It was just like we were like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. We'll throw him in the middle of the pack, and he ends up being the best fucking player in Europe. So I think it was Onos, and just ran over all of the competition. And that's no fun, even for a charity tournament. So I don't know. You got to have something. We got to have something to go on. I would think if a great player just emerged out of nowhere and we had no idea, you know what I mean? And they got drafted yeah. to some team. I would think a captain would be like, Oh wow. Okay. So I think this guy might be a little too strong for this team or whatever. We'd have to rebalance. You know what I mean? I, and I do think that most of the people that would be captains in this tournament would be, you know, honorable enough to do that. I, I don't think they want one-sided games. Yeah, and it's it, again, it's not for money or anything. It's just strictly for the sake of celebrating the game and having fun. So I, I'm sure you're right. You, you and also you are far more entrenched and have a deeper rooted history with this community than I did at the time with you know the Warsaw community. So I'm assuming you would just recognize pretty much anything as soon as it came up. So that's good. Yeah, I, I think we're we're definitely doing the ELO system, the old school way of just knowing players and, and the experience of, of where the skill is and on what maps. And of course, we're not going to be always 100% right. Um, but I think collectively as a community, we have a pretty good idea. And then on draft day, that's kind of how that goes down, hopefully. Yeah, uh, I might be misremembering a little bit, but even the QCon at home tournament uh, didn't have too many fake nicks going on it. And that was, you know, for $3,000 or something. Yeah, this was uh, the one that Jahar hosted, I'm assuming. I think I was working nights at the time. And so I like was at work when it happened. I didn't even I don't I don't even think I've seen the VOD to be honest with you. How did that go? 
Um, went good. I watched uh, a lot of the games. They were all pretty good. Uh, there was I only really remember one guy who had like a name that no one recognized and was playing really good. I think it was King of DM One, but yeah. shouldn't be shouldn't be too hard to guess who that even is. Yeah, I, I jumped into the 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 TS five hundred for a little while. I I had to stay awake because I wanted to see the MDF because they we had been had that long tournament going on that led up to Bethesda allowing them uh, Kingdom to stream it on their channel. So I stayed up for that, and by that point I was already like pretty fucking you know I had a few, let's put it that way, <laughs> and I was like, well fuck it, I guess I'm playing Quake Two even though that's like I, I'd never play Quake Two. So I did that for a while, and then I don't know that that whole thing was fucking weird, man. Like I, I felt like it was such a missed opportunity, even though it was a good opportunity. Like QuakeCon at home overall was fun, and it was cool to have the community kind of step up. But I feel like if it had been planned out and better organized, we could have done exponentially more than we were actually were able to do in the short amount of time we had to plan it. I, I would say it was well executed. I mean, if that's the case, I didn't know it was under such a short amount of time. Yeah. I think I, I got word that, you know, obviously like Jahar was probably the first person to like really have an idea of what's going on. But like, you know, we just, all we knew was that QuakeCon was canceled, which uh, for me, like I'm going, I'm going to QuakeCon every year until I'm dead, if I can make it. So I knew that it was canceled. And like, all right, well, I guess we'll just have some community tournaments. And then I feel like if they had, if Bethesda had been maybe quicker to brand it QuakeCon at home and let people know, like, that, you know, we can, whatever we do will be officially sponsored, right? Right. Like that I that would that. have made a much bigger impact. Uh, I mean, Tasty Spleen did a great job. The the multiplayer Doom Federation did a great job. I, I had asked, uh, around in like just different people i knew in the quake world community like hey what's going on i probably should just message messiah to begin with but i was like is anything going on do we have any plans for this and like a a lot of people were like i didn't even know that was going on like so the word was not quick to spread i don't know i'm not here to criticize like i I had a great time and i'm glad it happened but i feel like it could have been better and hopefully you know if we don't get a physical quake con in the you know next year which god if we don't i'll be so upset but then we'll we'll have you know an idea of what we could do better going forward in terms of getting these things off you know without a hitch and with a bigger audience. Yeah, I think it would be cool to just keep all the remote stuff going as much as possible too. Like while even if they're doing a physical QuakeCon, I think that'd be really cool to just kind of keep it up. Yeah, it's it's just like you know name branding really. It's like if you call something QuakeCon, it's going to get more attention than if you know it's just called like the the. I don't know. Four v four draft league that you haven't heard of before. It's like an established name brand does more to sell things. Or if you could get sponsored by Coca Cola or Monster Energy, you know, whatever you gotta do. Yeah, right. But I don't know. I'm always just like thinking about this kind of stuff. Like marketing is such a difficult task, especially for you know a grassroots community to pull off. Like with Realms Deep, when they, I, I didn't even think Realms Deep was going to get sponsored by Monster and Logitech like that quickly. That was so fucking crazy and like really fast. It happened very shortly before we kicked it off. So I don't know. By the way, if I'm rambling, just let me know. I'm just like having a good time thinking about all this stuff with you guys. No, it's all good, man. Yeah. What other plans? Like what, what comes after a draft cup like this? Like what do you hope to accomplish with it? Oh. Uh-huh more just more four on four more games than na uh if if it's really good you know maybe even a season two maybe go for a two on two tournament draft yeah. or a one-on-one tournament love yeah. tournaments 
just player participation really like it really ramps up in the eu when there's a tournament i mean when there's not a tournament you have about maybe half the player base um and when there is they're all um, at least a lot of them come back and play and i'm really hoping like you know doing these podcasts and just kind of trying to get the word out by any means necessary that attracts you know former players or inactive players that aren't already aware of our events and stuff like that um yeah just trying to get the word out get more player activity yeah i've got to do a better job of like getting a like a community cork board kind of situation going on with the podcast like i would like to i attempted to do this before but then people would so rapidly like change their schedules or change their uh whatever you know whatever organization or whatever the fuck it was and then i would feel like an idiot because i'd record it like you know two or three weeks beforehand and then have it ready to go out and by the time it came out it would be like false information but like some sort of like hey if you're looking for xyz type of you know competition or community or whatever like just go to this place and at this time and it'll happen for you uh, i would say it's been what like a year now messiah consistently 10 p.m you know every day it wasn't every day at first is every day now but 10 p.m every day at this point uh there's quake world games going on in north america so 10 p.m eastern eastern yeah okay so seven to ten yeah yeah and i mean if, if you join the discord there is a schedule and then if you just click that it shows each day each game type and then who's hosting it and stuff like that and these are all like just kind of every night it's a different mode and then pickups, right? It's not. Yeah, there's a two, two on two nights, two four on four nights, a clan arena, a free for all, and a capture the flag. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I've done stuff, you know, one off sometimes um, with other mods or whatever. Like right now, um, I've got an Instagib port that has all the original Fragtown maps. I've, mm-hmm. And I just opened matchless CTF ports and all the regions too. So I don't know, like we've just been trying to, you know, you try to run the gambit of all the different players and all the different game types that they're looking to play. And it really is different. I mean, the people that we have playing CTF, for instance, like I don't see them usually playing any other game mode. And then like all the guys that are coming from the NetQuake community, that's all they play. Like that's all they ever play is CTF. Um, which is such a, you know, 180 difference from the Quake World community that's pretty much just walked away from it. So it's interesting. It's interesting. And then there's all that kind of collaboration with a lot of the people that are playing NetQuake are actually coming over and playing Quake World CTF. So that's cool too. Yeah. And for ever, I've, I've been like Mr. Duels, but even recently, like Diaboticals had this uh, 2v2 aim arena. Have you tried it out? I have not. It's like, and it's basically 2v2 clan arena, but you have each person has two lives. So it's a little bit, you know, it just adds a little bit more dynamic to it where, uh, I don't know, it just restored my faith in being able to play team modes. Kind of sounds uh, like uh, like a fighting game, like a tag team fighting game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, so that's it's, neat. It's dope. I mean, they have a lot of really interesting modes going on, like with MacGuffin and, you know, the Wipeout is interesting. McGuffin, I, I, that's that's one flag CTF, right? That's what that it, is. Yeah, but it's got like a coin system. It's it's more complicated than I want to think about right now. <laughs> okay, right, okay. But I don't know. Whatever gets young people playing arena FPS in general is I think overall good for the whole community. Even, you know, some people were pissed about it. It's like, oh, it's on the Epic Store, fuck that shit. I'm like, hey, fuck you, man. We we want more people playing this. And if we can 
if we're literally taking people from the Fortnite community and putting them in the arena FBS community, then when for us in the world would be a better place for it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was saying that earlier today is, you know, that, you know, I've seen streams where there are people playing Diabolical for the first time and they've never played an arena FPS before. And yeah. they're semi-popular streamers explaining to their audience that they, here's the difference between, I usually play Overwatch, but today I'm playing this and this game, like it doesn't have hero abilities and it's actually all about skill. And they're like literally breaking down like an arena first person shooter for an audience that may not know about them. So like that, and making it sound like it's this brave new idea. Yeah. And you know, it's really, I think it's a good, that's, it's a good time for us to have this kind of a, a tournament because, you know, we could, that it might be the time we might be having more arena first person shooter players, you know, because of this game. So that's really cool. Yeah. It, it always had like every time something comes out, it's like people, you know, quake champions came out. I was one of that wave where I'm like, I come back to quake from that. And then you just end up going all the way back to the beginning. Like they always trickle down back to the, the quake worlds, <laughs> things like that, man. No. Do you have a lot of crossover, do you find? Like do you actually see players that are like, Oh, I I joined Quake Champions or I joined Qua- Diabotical and then I just kinda of found my way here or is it uh, I've seen a couple your... CPM players, but mm-hmm. I don't know about anyone coming over from Diabotical just yet. Yeah, yeah. right. They're still playing Diabotical. Right. Give it a give it a couple months. <laughs> They'll get frustrated, like, oh, fuck this, the queue time sucks, the ranking system sucks, I just want to play skill, dude, and then they'll end up with you. That's the plan. That's, <laughs> you know, I'm t- tenting my fingers and hoping that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, yeah, I, I think that definitely there's people that I've met that have come from games like counter-strike like and didn't really play afps before so i don't know i think there's people coming from all first person shooters really um that are coming to arena first person shooters maybe now for the first time even so that i don't know i don't think it's so i used to think that it was really segmented between just arena first person shooters and then the rest of the shooters like you know your call of duties or your tactical shooters or whatever but I, i don't know i think it's closer than than that i think people are more willing to try a game if it's from the right perspective you know what i mean yeah you see it you think it's cool it looks cool on a stream you're like yeah i'll give it a shot i i thought very similarly until uh, what's been really kind of blowing my mind lately is the uh the bomb mode in warfork and how many like because it's basically just counter-strike with Arena fps physics right right it's pretty it's pretty fun i haven't played the warfork but i've played the cocaine diesel i'm Told yeah, it's pretty co- similar. Cocaine Diesel is like quite literally just that. I, the only qualm I have with Cocaine Diesel is I really want them to change the name. Like otherwise, <laughs> like I, I just don't. I don't see you know mom being okay with her you know twelve year old son sitting around playing Cocaine Diesel. But I, I've heard th- through the grapevine that they are like planning on giving it a more serious name as they work on it and everything. That's just kind of like operating code name. Yeah. Yeah. Um but just in general, like there's definitely a crossover between those two games for sure. And I know when you put something out for free on steam, which is what happened with Warfork, like there's all of a sudden there's just this huge influx of people who never, ever would have played war. I thought Warsaw was 100% dead. I mean, that was one of those like 
games that I originally was like, this is such a cool game. I'm going to reach out to their community. And I got just shit on as soon as I got there. I was like, nope, never mind. That game's fucking done. And, <laughs> and Warfork really did a great job of is still, it's still happening, but just getting more people, new people who wouldn't have touched it otherwise interested. And I think that having Diabotical for free on the Epic store is going to do even better than that. Realistically speaking, it's a closer to a triple a title. So it's really bringing AFPS on the forefront of people's minds. And then from there, you know, they can discover the other games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whatever flavor of ice cream you dig, I don't really care as long as you're, you know, buying ice cream because that's what I'm selling. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. The fighting game community seems to keep up. They have their dedicated player base and they have their dedicated like Twitch viewers to the tournaments and stuff. And I think, you know, with Arena FPS, you really only see that with like Quake Pro League and you don't really see a lot of high viewership and now you're finally seeing it with another game you're finally seeing it with diabolical and that that's cool and actually you're seeing the numbers just just every day like there's not even a tournament going on and you're you know you're seeing two thousand people watching so that's pretty cool yeah i'm just 100 percent in on competition like i really that's what i want to when i hear the word tournament when i see you know some sort of prize or whatever like that i don't know why it's just like some sort of basic human nature thing that happens but that's what i want so, yeah, whatever whatever we got to do to get people involved in that kind of stuff. And I think that's what gets people involved usually is like competition. It's it's a competitive game. Uh, I remember a point in time when the open arena community was, for whatever reason, the, the heads of the organization were like, we don't want this game to be about competition. I'm like, what, how do you fucking, I get that you want to have a casual audience and you want people to just play for fun, but like it is by nature a competitive game. So how do you... How are you just going to cut all that out of the community? And then, yeah. But then we just had a rat mod CA tournament the other day, and that was fucking awesome. So hopefully that keeps growing. Not sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think the reason why I play foreign four so much, and that's all I actually host anymore in the community is just two mm-hmm. nights of foreign four. But yeah, it's super, there's so much depth to it. Like, yeah. It's it is it is timing stuff, you know what I mean? But there's so many moving pieces, you know, there's there's eight moving pieces on the map and you you're trying to always understand where your team is. Well, you have team overlay so you know that, but like, you know, where they're at, what their health is, what their stats are, what, you know, what the weapon they have. And then you're always worried about exactly team, you know, your enemy position as well. You're always worried about where quad, when quad's going to spawn, you're always worried about pen. So there's just always there's like a synergy between you and your team to control something that's really kind of out of control because there's so many, there's so many moving parts, you know, the difference between um, like dual or even two on two. um, It's not, it's not more chaos like than FFA. It's just, it's like this controlled chaos and it's really cool. I think in that way. I need to get Milton back on the show. I promised him that we would do it sometime after Diabotical's release. So it's going to happen. Like, I'm not sure when, but it will happen. But this is one of the things that we talked about was, you know, because so many people put so much emphasis on duel and it's very easy to fall into this trap of looking at something like 4v4 and then falling for the trick of like, oh, there's so much, I don't understand what's going on. There's so much chaos. There's too many variables. So then I can never understand this or, you know, or, or it then requires less skill somehow because there's just too much chaos. It's like they, they buy into this idea that it's not possible for me to ever understand it or grasp it. But 
the more in control and the more experience you have, obviously, it is clearly just a more complex version of the same thing. And that's yep. what, what Milton was going on about, which was very difficult for my pea brain to really take in, was he's like, I feel like I have mastered duel. Like, there's nothing left for me to prove in duels. So then not, the only thing I enjoy anymore is 4v4s. Yeah, it, yeah, I would definitely agree that it is probably the next level. Yeah, from from dual, um, just because there's so much more to think about, and much, and there's so much, strategy. yeah, and there's so much to learn. Exactly, there's so much strategy, and that strategy changes, you know, every map, but not just every map, but every instance, you know, of of where your player positions are, where your enemies are. So it's pretty cool. All right, guys, uh, we've been here for quite a while, so. I don't have anything else in particular I needed to ask, but if you have any other thoughts you'd like to talk about before we get out of here, let me know. I don't have anything in particular. Uh, play more Quake World on Quake.com. Get started. Yeah, and definitely go to discord.usquake.world. Uh, join the Discord. You know, daily events. Find one you like. Start with FFA if you if that's what your comfort level is, and and it's fun, man. I mean, FFA. We're definitely still getting ten, twelve people. You know, usually every event, so lots of frags to grab and lots of lots of fun to have. Yeah, send me all the links and uh, send me the the schedule too. I'll try to post it somewhere in the episode notes, at least on YouTube if I can. Yep, and it's been the same for months and months and months. So should be should be good to go. Right on. All right, man. Well, thanks for having us. And uh, yeah, everybody. I mean, definitely consider you know any any sort of contribution to this endeavor you know if you want to play in the four and four uh, draft if you you know want to help us with any sort of streaming or any sort of production stuff or casting or anything like that you know we absolutely need talented people to, to help us do this so i'm sure you'll get some volunteers if nothing else let's let's see what happens to for sure all right thank you to nico and to messiah uh, for being awesome guests and for you know doing what they do for the quake world community it's truly what's the the myth of sisyphus you know i I don't think anything can get messiah down this guy loves this game and i hope that hearing his passion for it will uh inspire you to whatever it is that you're passionate about even if it's not quake like to be that passionate about something is truly remarkable and admirable so I also want to say thank you to all of our supporters uh, on Patreon, Paul, Moose Dots, Zach, Alexander, Brad, Red Eyes, Anthony, Robert, Jack, Brandy, Fred. You're all incredible. You're all amazing. Uh, we could not do this without y'all. And all the other ways that people support. So, you know, there's people on Twitch subscribers and Discord boosters and people who support in non-monetary ways just by being awesome and being sure to retweet or helping out and everything. You all know who you are, the the apostles of the keep, the high priests, uh, just the community members in general. You cultists are absolutely amazing. If you'd like to support the show and you don't know how, we have a uh, support page on our website, inthekeep.com. It's full of awesome ways. We have uh, three affiliate links on there right now that you can check out. First one's going to be Amazon. Second one is going to be Buzzsprout, a place for uh, hosting podcasts, and the third is Instacart, where you can get your groceries delivered to your front door in as little as an hour. So 
All of those are very helpful to us if you uh, need those services or are going to use those services anyway. Just click on our links and use them. Make sure you go check out our friends over at QuakeFans.net and also check out the QuakeCast at QuakeCast.Podbean.com. Till next time, stay in the keep.